Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the DTNL podcast. Uh, I'll be your host today, Carlton Marseille. A little background about myself. I'm a senior marketing major from Monroe, New York, and I'm looking to get into banking after my time here at Seton Hall. It's done. Uh, I'm Jeremy Mealy. I'm a finance major at Seton Hall, and um, I'm currently a senior. I'm going to graduate next semester, and um, I'm from Long Hill, New Jersey, and um, I'm just looking for employment, any anything business related. Hi, my name is Fiona. I'm currently a senior, double majoring in accounting and finance. Um, I'm hoping to pursue my CPA soon, and I look forward to working at Deloitte after graduation. Hi, my name is James Pavlik, and I'm an accounting major, and I'm thinking about adding a supply chain management certificate. Uh, I don't really know what I want to do when I'm done with this, kind of just focused on doing all this stuff that we're doing right now this semester. But we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, so that's pretty much the team. Uh, as you see, very different backgrounds from all different fields. But we've all come together today to talk about news and information. News and information. <laughs> so interesting. Very interesting. So what type of platforms are we using for like our news guys? Um well, at least in my case, I know uh, I'm not too big on article reading or using websites, but um I'm on social media a lot and I say a majority of um my information comes from there. So um Platforms like Twitter, TikTok, I'd say these are pretty popular amongst uh, the younger generations. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I would say that too. But even my parents, like they're they're not they're from a different generation, but they still use their phones, like their iPhones and stuff. I haven't seen anyone in my family really use like a paper newspaper and yeah. get their daily news. Like even my grandma has an iPhone. Like yeah. she's pretty like up to date with the technology. So it's become like a worldwide thing. Yeah, I'm more of a TikTok and Twitter type of guy. Yeah, <laughs> two biggest like social media platforms. So, so do you guys get your news from TikTok too, or is it, is it like Twitter for news, Twitter TikTok for, me, for entertainment? Twitter for me. Yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, really anything you see on these social media platforms, you can't take, you know, as like at face value. Yeah, I mean, there may be some truth to it, but you know, who knows? Don't you know that old saying? Don't believe everything you see on the internet. I mean, I feel like that applies even more so today than it did in the past. Yeah, Jeez. for sure. Like, I've, I've spread misinformation even on Twitter before. Like, I'll see something and I think Wait, it's you real. Spread misinformation? Yeah, like, misinformation oh. is like <laughs> when you don't know if it's true or not, but you're spreading it like innocently. If that makes sense. That like, you know what I mean? If you like something, they're technically spreading it because you're adding to the algorithm. So right. you're part of the issue. I would, I would say that. I wasn't expecting for him to say that she spreads misinformation. I mean, I mean, I guess like I, I post like articles on my Instagram occasionally when I read them and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I'll give people a link. It's turned into like a pretty big platform for that as well. Yeah. Because remember when like, Instagram first came out, it was just like a picture. Yeah. Just everyone would your share picture. Yeah. Now it's like, evolved. Everyone's crazy. like infographics, like the whole. Yeah, now you can link other things like. Yeah, I think you need a like a business account to do that though. It's like I can't actually put a link into a post that I make, but I like I put the URL so if people want to look at what I'm oh, posting yeah. about, they can. But I can't actually put the link in the post, which is yeah. really annoying. But I guess I understand because they don't want everyone putting a bunch of links in every single post and baiting people to click on something. 
Yeah. Wait, so how do you guys like differentiate between if something's like real or not online? Like what's your take on that? Um because I even have trouble figuring out yeah. what's real and what's not. <laughs> yeah. Still. It's definitely a difficult thing to do, but I'd say trust trusting your gut's a big part of it. Um if it seems like it's like completely wrong, then chances are it probably is. But um, you know, personal bias is always going to come into play so to maybe to avoid that you got to look at you know differing uh sources yeah um yeah just you know expand your information i guess input that makes sense yeah like yeah like if multiple sources are saying it then it's probably factual well i don't know because during covid there would be multiple sources saying like stuff about the vaccine even though it wasn't true you know what i mean so multiple sources doesn't always lead to like actual information I just like for me, I feel like everyone's become like a wizard at Photoshop. So like oh my God. So no. it's very hard to like differentiate like what's real or not. Like, yeah. I feel like just yesterday, because I think with the whole like verification thing, mm-hmm. um, someone verified their account and pretended they they were the Yankees account and they said they re-signed Aaron Judge. <laughs> no. Yeah. And like I know he like, you know, he's like probably one of the most sought after players in baseball. Yeah. And I yeah. believed it for a second, so. but then I saw it wasn't the verified actual Yankees account. Someone just bought the Twitter blue verification. Or they changed, said, their, name. changed their, name. their name and profile picture and said they're the Yankees and said they re-signed Aaron Jones. Haven't a bunch of people been doing that and then making their account Elon Musk and changing like their picture to Elon's like, yeah. picture? Yeah. And then they're getting banned for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Elon's purchasing of Twitter is definitely making this whole... Uh, news and information sector much more murky i think what well, are you guys opinions on that you think he's like the next he was so i know his, his whole bot, like, thing for purchasing twitter is to make it like a platform for everyone to yeah. i think james you mentioned something about the like the town hall of... oh yeah like because he purchased twitter with the sole not, i don't know if it's the sole intention but under the guise of wanting to make it like this virtual town hall where everyone gets treated equally, right? Because obviously, I don't know if everyone knows this, but it was it was pretty apparent that before Elon bought Twitter, certain people under the uh, who had certain beliefs got sort of targeted more by Twitter's terms of service than others. Yeah. So like, n- not to make it uber political or anything. But like you could say very violent things about Donald Trump and it would be perfectly fine. But if you said anything like say like about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or someone else, then that tweet would be deleted and your account would get flagged for that. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of censorship in the yeah. higher and version of Twitter. That was very heavily biased towards one side of the political. Right. Yeah. Right. So like shadow banning is like a thing now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like if your tweets don't get pushed out into the algorithm as more if they don't like comply with the guidelines or don't want what Instagram like wants on their platform. Right. So that's also a big issue as well, limiting people's reach. Um, especially it's not even just like political people, just like people like social yeah. media influencers who like need uh, that reach to get more people to use like their affiliate links and stuff like that. Right. So it's affecting their income as well. Right. No, yeah, shadow banning shadow banning is definitely definitely a real issue, especially for the content creators, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So moving on, 
Uh, Moving on, I did, I personally, so I did research on um, the Alex Jones case. So now we're going to talk about the First Amendment and the limits of that, because over the years it's turned into like more of a gray matter. So with Alex Jones, he was um, spreading rumors or like he's a conspiracy theory theorist basically and he said the Sandy Hook shooting that happened um in 2012 was a hoax so he was saying that the event basically never happened and the victim's parents were basically like paid actors and put the event together even though it's been almost over a decade but his information has spread on platforms like Twitter and Instagram and like all and he's gotten like the attention of like these big news sources like ABC and like CNN they're all like interviewing him and getting him like the attention he like wanted yeah. so, so and during the trial he literally wrote on his like I don't know if you saw he wrote on a piece of tape like the first amendment and put it over his mouth and showed up to the trial with it because he yeah and he's basically saying like if I'm like if you guys tell me I couldn't do that then you're like taking away my rights like but as we know like throughout the years the first amendment has been kind of taken at a different like kind of like grayed out yeah grayed out completely i feel like so i'm i'm curious right because like i didn't like i've read about the alex jones case but i'm like i'm wondering since you did more research on mm -hmm. it like what is the difference between what alex jones did like purposefully spreading misinformation mm -hmm. because like it's it's very apparent that the Sandy Hook shooting happened. Yeah. But, like, what's the difference between him and, like, say, like, a Holocaust denier or, like, a 9-11 fucking, uh... I think it's the fact that he got denier. so much attention. Because, yeah. and he, you could deny that the Holocaust happened. You could, but, like, no one has gone out and gotten this much attention as he has. So, I feel like that's part of it. But he enjoys it. I feel like he enjoys the attention. Yeah, like, like the, he likes... likes the odds. Yeah, but he's also making it a huge point, like figure out like he wants the jury and the supreme court to basically figure out like where is the first amendment setting because they've wavered their position between different cases like in the past decade so like for example like a lot of employers now like check your background before you get a job and now people have literally so i found like a stat was like 18 percent of people have gotten like fired because of what they post on social media so which is should that should that be a part of like your like you know should they have the right to do that most people say yeah, and some people say no. So I guess it depends on like what you post. What you post, like if so, you're someone who's like spreading a lot of hateful stuff, mm -hmm. it isn't aligned with the values of the company. Exactly, that's yeah. the main point they use. Yeah. So it's, it's also important to note though that in the Alex Jones case, like what separates him from a Holocaust denier is that he has been profiting, yeah, like, a lot off of just the platform that, like the Sandy Hook shooting didn't happen. And all these other bizarre conspiracy theories yeah. that he promotes. Yeah, for sure. He's still denying it, so this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> makes it the worst part. So he's incurred like over a billion dollars, but something like but... 1.4 billion dollars now. Yeah, it's crazy. As of yesterday. But I feel like it's not even about the monetary part though. Because if he was worried about the monetary part, he wouldn't be like still saying it's, it's more like making challenge. a point yeah, he's making he's a point to the rest of the world, right. like figure it out. Like yeah. the Supreme Court's stand? yeah, always been back and forth so you guys make it a point like so you guys think that cancel culture well i, I think we all can agree that cancel culture is a real thing right? oh yeah during yeah. the black lives matter moment movement like that was the biggest thing even yeah. with like covid like certain things you posted online like mm. you were getting yeah especially if you were famous like i know we're like normal people like we don't have millions of followers but i know like some people who have like i don't know 100 million followers if they didn't post something supporting the black lives matter movement yeah. or they went against what the majority thought was okay to post like they would get backlash or even if they tried to like start 
a conversation about it. Yeah, like, they would like, get shut down. Like, like, like if if you in any way seem to attempt to question the general narrative of the movement, then you were seen as like this racist, bigoted person who didn't care about the strikes of other people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's not at all the case. It's just like, maybe I don't exactly understand your point of view. And I want to try and further a conversation here, but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily possible, especially on social media today. But even in like news broadcasts today, like people are very argumentative about their point being right and not even attempting to see the other side of the aisle's point of view. Yeah, that's definitely a big issue. Yeah, I'd say 2020 was a big year for that because along with COVID happening, like, and the election coming up, and then, like I said, the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like a lot of people were out there just taking in information and picking out, like, what they wanted to hear and what they wanted to spread. And like, that's human nature. Like, cancel culture. It's, like, not even stuff, like, that's happening now. People would, like, find stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, eight years back about, like, like celebrities, stuff, old tweets you posted. Yeah. Bring them up now and, like... Like they, people were getting doxxed and you guys that's crazy. Sorry to cut you off, but do you guys uh think that's an important thing that society's doing? The cancel culture or cancel culture and the fact that they are looking back well, I, to our past. I mean, I, I think it's like important to hold people accountable for stuff that they say, but not necessarily stuff that they've said. Because like there's a difference between what we see as like morally acceptable today as opposed to what was morally acceptable to say 10, 15, 20 years ago. Right. So like unless it was something that was disgustingly morally reprehensible, like someone going out and saying gross racial slurs or homophobic slurs. Well, that's what the Supreme Court is trying to justify right now. Like who defines that? Like every event, like who defines if it's morally justifiable like they do, like every single time, depending on who it is, they come out with a different outcome. So it's like, in my opinion, I feel like people who are famous get the most backlash for this because all their information is out there. Like normal people like me and you or people in power. Like there's been a lot of stories of like VPs of like companies or like they just got their position and now people are digging into their information, like stuff they did in the past that you would have never even looked at if they weren't in that position of power. Because when you're in that position, people want to be in your place and they'll find anything to take you down basically. So in my opinion, I I don't know. It's kind of like, like I'd say even at the on like lower levels of, status you can still like anybody can still be oh still yeah like, like even like a mayor of a town or even like me like if well, yeah. i like yeah, us like when we go yeah like yeah. could they Your take something you posted like on instagram pretend you i don't know professor shannon like made a point in class he was saying how like if you i don't know you posted something like doing out like drinking oh, alcohol, yeah. or, like, don't like, want out, it, like yeah if you don't want it on the news in the front yeah <laughs> then don't ever post it but it's like every not every person but the majority of like college whatever like people have gone out and it's like they posted at one point or another so it's like what what are the boundaries with that like can you really not give me a job just because i posted that i was at the bar like a couple years ago Um, like is that really how it's gonna go it's definitely definitely, i mean definitely the issue between that's that's another thing being what was another thing you said underage like pretend you're posting and you have that's the biggest thing. You ever yeah. see like on Instagram yeah, people, people like they'll like yeah, Photoshop they'll the st- drink like as if no one like yeah. as this like changes this like story. Yeah, I wonder what's in that red cup. Yeah, I wonder what's <laughs> in that little red no, they'll block out the red solo cup then yeah. put like a little fake like yeah, coke bottle or something. It's like we know what it is. Like, yeah. We're not yeah. stupid. Well, yeah. I was gonna say the biggest issue with this is that um 
tending to focus more on our public image and like what we are at least on an individual level, yes, but mostly on a company level, the company wants to portray um, a certain like image about them. So yeah, if that means, um, what do you call it? Going so far to fire someone. That, yeah, and um, like regulating that. And I was gonna say almost distorting reality. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's, I, that's where we're headed today. I feel like more where we, more of how we want to appear rather than like what actually is going on yeah. and I think there's a lot of issues that come from that as well well I feel like that's a major disruption because if you're gonna fire every single person that's ever posted something that doesn't align with your values you're gonna end up with like no employees no yeah. offense like I feel like the companies also pick and choose who they want yeah. to fire depending on who you are that's, it's more than just like, well yeah the sweet sweet c sweet person is less likely to get fired than like an entry level yeah like me or you we yeah, were to right. post the same thing you know what yeah. i mean like it's yeah we're more expendable I mean, right yeah. I, I also like i don't think it's necessarily too far to say that companies should be allowed to look at your social media as if they're a public if it's a public account mm -hmm. but if you have a private social media account they have no reason to look at that some companies though they literally like for me when i was applying to jobs there are some companies that one of the questions would be like um what platform do you use i'm not gonna say which company but there was a couple there were a couple that did like ask and i did put in my information but my account was private but i also know just because your handle is private doesn't mean they can't get a hold of it Ooh, they that's... can still get into it so it doesn't matter if it's public or private they don't need well, your yeah, like I, I don't think it's like even... that's another gray matter yeah they... like, like i don't know if it's something that like companies should judge you on or no, like like your that. your damage to their image if your account is private. Yeah, no. Right, because it's like no one else aside from like my close friends who're gonna see this. Like yeah. that, that's why the account is private. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't even think they should be seeing that. Right. You know. Without your permission. Yeah. Right. Right. It's more like like a work life balance. Like, how much of a life can I have outside of work without worrying about what my company like? That may change the way I move. Like I may not want to go party. Because, you know, everyone has an iPhone, like something may happen. I may get myself in some situation and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to change my lifestyle just to work for You're going to have to. For something. You're going to have to. That's where we're headed. Currently, I'm not. <laughs> and a couple years well, That's what I'm saying. In the yeah. future, like, where do you see companies, like. Drawing the line? Yeah. I don't, I think that anything you do as a person is going to be. I mean, we're seeing, like, social media is amplifying this you know because yeah. that, that's what i'm saying like 30 years ago before everyone had an iphone like if you were to go out and do something no one would know yeah nobody like, had a clue. you could have like i don't know did anything your boss wouldn't have known now like someone could just whip out a camera and like record Cameras. you so well, easy th th there's also like a lot of company computers and laptops they have tracking software on the laptop so I don't know how far that software goes. Like, I don't know if they could remote access your camera without you knowing, but they can see everything that no. you do on your screen. They can see all your keystrokes and everything. That's okay. So that's another thing. So during the summer when I was interning for Deloitte, they, um, I don't know if they did it, but I know other companies when you work hybrid, you know, there's been a whole like talk about, um, how efficient you are at home. So yeah. some people. Mm, yeah they'll turn off their camera or like so for Deloitte they had you on Skype so you had to have Skype while on at all times working? but like, yeah like, while we were like, hybrid like no 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 but you had to have the app open and app. I know some people like to keep the app open they would literally go like that 
and then they would do whatever for the rest of the day because you just had to have something resting on the thing. Yeah, like, my, brother, my brother does that currently. His the job that he works at actually they use Slack uh-huh. for all their communications. So he'll leave his laptop open when he goes to like grab something to eat in the house or anything. But he'll come back to it every like thirty minutes just to move the trackpad. Because yeah, we talked about this sleep. when I was interning, they were saying how some companies have started like it can track how many times you touched like this. So yeah. even if you have something resting on it, they know like yeah. your fingers not moving, like yeah, you're not no, doing anything. On Amazon, they sell like these things you can put on your mouse so it constantly moves it. So like you're <laughs> constantly online. Like stop! I didn't know. Yeah, okay. that's hilarious. All right, so moving on from the uh, the company policy on social media and kind of drifting back into the same space as Alex Jones. So what what do you guys think about uh, Kanye and his social media presence recently? It sucks. I mean, Kanye, <laughs> Kanye I love Kanye. I love Kanye. Like as, as like a Kanye uh, enthusiast in the past, it's yeah. kind of sad to see his downfall. Yeah, I mean, he's always been crazy. Yeah. I think I mean, go, it's always made headlines, um, but did he get banned from Instagram at one point? Yeah, all the stuff yeah. he posted about his wife, well, ex-wife. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, recently he was banned from Instagram, and then he was also banned from Twitter. Um, and um, yeah, it just sucks. He's such a like influential person, but now we're seeing this other side of him. Yeah. You know, I I don't know why he would want to put that side of him out in the digital world for everybody to see Mm -hmm. and it really just you know destroyed his public image but um, well do you think he should have gone banned like in your opinion like you think that was the right thing to be done james okay yeah Yeah. because the stuff that he was posting was aggressively anti-semitic like like I, I don't know if you guys saw the Twitter post. I didn't. I saw the death con. Yeah, he said he was gonna go death con three on oh, Jewish people. Yeah, and then th- there was a Piers Morgan interview that he did, which was like forty five minutes long, where he is just saying the most outlandish things. He's also acting like a child. Like anytime Piers Morgan would start talking over him, he would like start making these incoherent noises. So Piers Morgan would stop yeah. talking. That's yeah. just who you know what we did see though a couple years back. This is before the whole Twitter thing happened on TMZ, where he said like he made this was when he was still with Kim. He was like saying how slavery like never happened. Right. Remember that? Was, that? Yeah, slavery was a choice, I think. Yeah, yeah slavery was a choice. You didn't have yeah. to be a part of it. I literally I was that, like, oh my he nearly God. got canceled there too. He probably did. Yeah, I'm surprised he, he wasn't canceled that. because of that. Yeah, but like, some completely. there's like a whole debate, like some people are uncanceled. You think Kanye's one of those? I feel like he was. He, he, I think he was like, what does that mean? like, like he could say the most outland. Like he's famous. done so much, kind of like the Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. The, like any normal person that would have done that would have gotten the slavery is yeah. the first thing. And like I feel like he just broke. Like he played too much, and then like he saw like his all. Lily has no connections. Like yeah. Adidas deal is done. Yeah. Yeah, I saw his, that. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, five. Like, I mean. They still have his music, but they... I think they have yeah, some Apple Music playlists that remove his music. Right. So it's like, do you think there's ever a comeback? Like, <laughs> I think I think society, we reached a point in society where we can't allow him to say that. Or, I mean, this is where the debate lies. So yeah. is he entitled to his opinion? Is he entitled to share that opinion on social media? Or 
No, the Supreme Court should decide. What was that? I said the Supreme Court should decide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the decision the Supreme Court needs to rule on. But yeah, is he entitled to sharing his opinion, or are we moving towards um, a society where there are certain things you can't say? And this, I mean, this directly um, conflicts with the First Amendment, right? Yeah. And Section two thirty, I think, right? Yeah. Well, Section two thirty basically protects like platforms like Twitter and Facebook oh, from, okay. so from, from, really from users. Like, for example, if I were to from go on Facebook and spread like hate speech, like they wouldn't be liable for that because of Section 230. Okay. But so that's I mean, actually really getting in the process of getting like, they're trying to get rid of that. So. Yeah, so this really wouldn't yeah, apply like, to Kanye. I, I think, that doesn't Section 230 also make it so that like First Amendment rights and stuff like that don't have to apply to those social media spaces because they're private companies? Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think the whole the, the whole Kanye situation is definitely an interesting one to say the least. Like I think he, his fall from grace, as I, I'm going to call it, is almost, in my opinion, like a maybe a good implementation of our First Amendment rights. And I, I say that because I think. With the massive amount of backlash that he got, people were going to oust him anyway because of the stuff that he was saying. So while I don't necessarily think that Twitter should have the right to ban him outright, he was definitely saying some things that people would would just stop listening to him for. Right. But I think it's good that Twitter's taking action because a lot of these um big like mega platforms they've been getting a lot of heat from people basically saying like you should be the ones fact checking the information on your like platform like why is it up to us to decide that but <laughs> that clearly well, hasn't gone anywhere but why, yeah. why is it up to me to know that what user two thirty eight posted was actually <laughs> no, literally wrong yeah. yeah like kind of transitioning from that like with COVID and everything so a lot of people were spreading misinformation about COVID, the vaccines, and just created a really negative sentiment about vaccines and just the whole situation. Yeah. So I think he took responsibility though. So like popping off the Kanye like comments. So like for him, he got banned, but with everything going on with COVID, like the amount of misinformation that was spread, a lot of people actually ended up dying or like not getting the vaccine. So like yeah. who whose fault is that? Like is it one person's fault or is it like society as a whole that's our fault? I just think like COVID was like a very COVID was a very like tough, I'm gonna say tough time, but like it was like unprecedented. Like that's probably like the moment in our lives like we're gonna look back on like that was like our life changing moment. Like oh yeah, for sure. So like moving everything virtual, wearing masks for such a long time, social mm -hmm. distancing. Like I don't, I don't, I still this day I don't probably don't even understand what happened right yeah no literally it's probably three yeah. years too yeah it's crazy three years. and like we're still adapting and yeah. going like supply chains still messed up oh, so we're still getting affected by COVID today so like I think that was a major turning point just for our topic in general for news and information just because like with that event you can see like on a global level even on a local level like the amount of information that was like being thrown around that wasn't true and we were all like COVID I had no idea what it was like my mom sent me an article in December about it because people in like foreign countries like in China yeah. so in corporates we learn about this like in China they um what do they do they 
they found out about it and they took like action immediately. Obviously, different government, different policies, but like they were more serious about it than we were. We were like three weeks behind. So our, our testing was like a month behind. You know how many lives could have been saved if we just decided to, you know, roll out vaccines faster or even like take it more seriously? Because we didn't shut down until like what? The first week it of March? Mar- yeah, yeah. Until in, March. In China, people like in December, they were already planning to like shut down. We're over here like still going out, acting like everything's fine. Like I remember I went in spring break. I went on a spring break trip to Florida. Like <laughs> yeah. the week before, acting like my mom's like, COVID's gonna get you, like blah, blah, blah. But on the news, she heard like the first person in the US caught COVID. But like yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking like that's the first person that was detected though. Like think about all the people that yeah. haven't gone detected and yeah. definitely have COVID and they're walking around. And I remember like going home, the first person, so I'm from like Monmouth Beach and the local news said like, oh my God, the first person has COVID, blah, blah, blah. Everyone was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like they yeah. can just like, you know, have them stay home and the rest of us are fine. But like, once the vaccine started rolling out, as you saw on the news, more people started getting tested and the numbers were like, obviously they're fluctuating, but like from the first week of March to the end, you could see like thousands of people had it. You just yeah. didn't know. So. And to this day, we're still seeing a bunch of people who think hang yeah. on to the sentiments that they had like early March, 2020, like, oh, it's nothing. We yeah. Still people, hundreds of people dying every day. So yeah. You can see like the afterlasting, uh, everlasting effects of just, not being well informed yeah i think it's important to look at like how the vaccine was promoted that's it because that really kind of put me off from it because it's like if this vaccine really works right like every other vaccine that works i'm gonna go i'm gonna get a flu shot and i'm gonna get a lollipop if i'm a kid (laughs) or i'm gonna just be on my way if i'm an adult i don't need like bill de blasio on tv eating french fries and a burger saying oh, oh yeah like, this, burger, this burger is so good oh you know you know you guys if you get a vaccine you could you could have a burger just like this too for yeah. free and it's like it's like why do you need to goad me and hold like a yeah. like a dollar in front of me to get a vaccine they were paying people to take yeah. the vaccine they were offering people like free tuition yeah. to take the yeah, vaccine like, the is already up so now when yeah. you do that it's kind of like now you're it making me not trust right? it even more exactly. like why do you have to test people I I can't blame people for not wanting to get it. Well, also, I don't want to make it political, but Fauci, like, no offense, like, in the beginning, he was like, you don't need to wear a mask. So my mom, she wore a mask to the local supermarket or whatever, and she came home, she was like, no one's wearing a mask. Like, what? Like, why am I wearing one? And then two days later, he's like, no, everyone needs to wear a mask. So, like, the information kept switching. Yeah. Even with, like, getting the vaccine and, like, everything, like, it was just so confusing. So if you were trying to follow along, like you yeah. couldn't. Like my mom, she would like, yeah, like read, her. listen to every single thing that came out every single day, and it got confusing because like every single second there was something new coming out. Like and cloth she... masks don't work. Yes, yeah. In ninety five, surgical. It was very confusing. But wash your food. Wash your grocery bags. Oh, no, I remember that time. Don't walk out of the door. It's airborne. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I, like, my, At this point, my like... parents, she, like when she came home with groceries, she would like wash the milk, <laughs> the milk jugs. My, my, my dad would. Too have like a thing of disinfectant wipes they'd wipe everything down with the clorox wipes as soon as he came in the house my mom wore an n95 to throw out the trash and it was right outside the door like she was crazy like she wouldn't even let me leave the house like now looking back a bunch of the information was false but like i don't know so do you guys think it would have been a lot better if the government just admitted that they didn't really know what was going on that's another thing so they lacked transparency they yeah. acted like not i'm not gonna like sit here and like you know go say they did this and that wrong but like 
I feel like there was a better way of going about it because looking at other countries, they had a lot less like deaths compared to us. And, you know, yeah. and they're, I don't want to say we're a laughing stock, like they're laughing at us, but like we, yeah. we did end up taking a lot longer. So well, yeah, but like you, you also have to look at like the, the population densities of the areas that had like those massive amount of deaths because yeah. they, they're like those areas are people kind of living on top of each other. Yeah. As opposed to like other countries, they don't necessarily have the same well, issues that we do with that. Well, foreign country or not, even in the US, so there was a study actually done by Twitter. They were like using this new tool they came out with. So in the states with the most like amount of misinformation spread about COVID, those were like the states with the most deaths. So mm. yeah, so people were actually really listening to like, the news and not getting a vaccine because they thought like it was you either could like be one of it. What was it? You could become infertile if you were a female. Yeah. If you got like a vaccine from J&J or Moderna, like another one was like, you grow another head. I don't know. I heard like the craziest stuff. Yeah. Like I didn't believe it, but I knew like people out there like were taking it in and like considering it. Why it's kind of scary. Why do you guys think that these false um claims are being spread? Why do you think like, like, like why are they being spread or why are they being believed? Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's kind of rude, but there, there's a lot of stupid people in the country. Yeah. Is, what was it drinking bleach is that what trump said to do at one point i don't know, I don't know if it, it, i don't know if it was bleach specifically but it was something like yeah someone like did it. it though in the yeah. u.s and they died that's <laughs> yeah. all i'm gonna say my mom was like what in the actual heck like yeah, i thought people, we were smart people ate here tide pods just because yeah I like like not, not even for anything it was just because they thought it was funny so like if if you're gonna tell someone that drinking bleach is gonna cure you of covid they'll probably be almost inclined to believe that especially yeah. if it's from your president yeah i know my mom like uh a bunch like you know she have relatives all over the world Mm -hmm. they'd be texting on whatsapp and they'd always like there's like a bunch of different like herbal remedies to like cure covid so then when i got covid i got it you got it i never got it i got it twice stop yeah you get it twice i didn't know that Uh, but i but i got it there's different strains it's not just like one You might be. Um, but when I own. did get it, my mom made some like concoction in the blender and made me drink it. And like I had, I literally almost, I even know, I think it was like ginger, mint, well, like a whole bunch of different types of healing remedies that she got from uh, WhatsApp to cure me. Well, still to this day, people don't know the effects of it. Like my friend, she um, she like lost her taste and like it's barely back still. And then my other friend, she got it. She didn't even know. She went to get tested. She's like, oh my God, I have COVID. I was like, oh, dang. Like, I just hung out with you. And yeah. I got tested. I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, I was, she slept over at my house. So, like, what? It's like different person, different yeah, situation. No, it, it affects a lot of different people differently, which is also a big reason why it's an issue. Yeah. Because, like, you could go out not knowing that you have it and spread it to five different people. And then one of those five people might die. Exactly. We still don't know enough about it. Yeah. That's the issue. That's going to be an ongoing these I, I think so now we're going to talk about ai and what the future looks like for that within news and information so i did research on um where artificial intelligence is heading within this space so as of now there are like robots out there that are being programmed to like you know stop misinformation but they're also being able to like spread it but in the future um we do see like robots now they're able to like have feelings so we can see them creating news in the future and spreading that, but within like regulation, like, do you think they should be held accountable? How do we hold the robot accountable? That's a thing. Like right now, programmers are gonna, by law right now, programmers are held accountable because they're the ones feeding 
like the wrong or right information. But what if the robot can make up its own thoughts and then go out on big platforms and spread it? Like, how do you take a robot um, to court if that's even possible? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, In the future, that's gonna happen. Yeah, like, it, there it is that is definitely something that you have to consider. But like, I still, I'm still of the idea that the programmer should be held accountable because at the end of the day, they're the one that programmed the robot to have its own cognitive thought mm -hmm. process. So, but even if the robot were to like, I don't know, go off on a deep end and suddenly make up its own thoughts though, like aside from what the programmer originally fed it, like would that be a malfunction on the programmer side? Like they would have to take accountability for that? I mean, like, what does that mean for its occupation? It, it, it should there should definitely still be some accountability that whether it just be like that, that they have to like destroy that AI mm -hmm. and start building it up from scratch or like get rid of the source code that they use to build it. Yeah. But like that maybe, maybe counterintuitive though. And, don't you think? I mean, kind of, but like if let, let's say that that code can be used again, like in theory, just to recreate the same AI and then the same exact thing happens again. Then obviously yeah. it is a problem with the code and not just something that freakishly happened over the course of the AI's lifetime. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I, another thing, so a lot of businesses have used AI to automate processes just to make everything that was manual, like obviously easier. But if AI has the power to like, I don't know, take the data and just get rid of it one day without an explanation, like who's responsible for that? Like, what do you mean take the data? Like, for example, if each company has like a software space, right? Uh, yeah. So if the AI could just wipe it out one day, have like, its own thoughts. Like it decides. Just, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm done. Like, like I'm done today. Like, 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 I've decided I'm done. Let's say you give AI a bunch of spreadsheets like, to process. Mm -hmm. And it just says, this information is invaluable to me. I don't need it. Boot, delete. Yeah. Um, but like, well, companies I mean, need to hold like onto their records right. and stuff like that. So well. Hopefully the AI isn't programmed to just to start deleting random irrelevant informations. I think what James was saying, that's a uh, program issue. But if, yeah. um, if they were to like intuitively learn on itself mm -hmm. like what's not relevant or not. Um, that's the issue. When they start thinking by themselves and making up their own like judgment without someone else telling them, then right. like who's going to like take responsibility for that? Because the company needs their record somehow. It's such a such a gray area. Did you find any anything that? So for Bloomberg right now, most of their like information that they process, they use AI, but they found that a lot easier. But they're also like it's like a programming issue. So they realized that they have to like crack down on it and figure out what's gonna work and what's not. Because they still to this day, they did get asked. They're like, oh, like whose responsibility would it be if like I don't know the 10K report gets deleted? Like who's but they were saying how they have backup storage for that somewhere. So I don't know. I mean, it's depending like, on the company, I guess. My my question is because like I don't really know a whole lot about what an AI could do and how it grows itself. Yeah. Right. Aside from just general like machine learning and stuff like that, but like how would it be possible for an AI that's programmed to do something one way to go off the deep end and do something completely different? Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of like for the. You know how now AI um, robots can basically think for themselves. They have feelings, or like they can physically show they're sad, or like that's, something. That's, that's weird. Like I think that's weird. But like they were programmed oh, to do. Like they weren't in the beginning. They were only used to like 
automate our processes, but now people are putting emotions into them. You know what I mean? So like 10 years ago, we would have never thought that a robot could feel like emotion, but now it's happening. So like in 10 more years, like I would think that's where it's headed. I mean, but, but, but does it really feel though? Like, like, does it feel or does it feel what it's programmed to feel? Right. It's probably you know, like, associating, like that, that, that is kind of the question. Associating like events and words with what they think is a feeling. Yeah. So like, oh, they have their program to do a lot of work. And they're like, oh, I'm stressed out. Well, I, I mean, a robot shouldn't be able to feel stressed out, but yeah. they're associating all that work with, with the idea of stress. So they're formulating that, I guess, emotion. So I guess it's a way they can have, um, they can develop these emotions. Well, um, did you guys find any any AI related um, stories with information and news channels? Well, I know like journalism, that's maybe a dying field because these AIs can mimic human thought processes mm -hmm. and write the same way a human can. So if I get a bot to crank out 10 articles in like half the time that it would take a human to sit and come up with information to do it, I feel like companies are going to start valuing their profits rather than and if it profits and efficiency over uh, like the human workforce. Yeah, human labor. Yeah. I mean, even pulling back a little bit sooner than when that's going to get rolled out, like social media managers for companies, like they, there's still, it's still a field today, but there's already AI out there that you can purchase subscriptions for. Uh, one that we talked about before was Jasper. Yeah. Yeah. which you can give it a prompt and it will write out specifically a social media post for you. Like, like Jasper is specifically meant to create social media posts. So it's not like the same as like, like another one like GPT-3, which can write whole essays for you. Yeah. But it like it's really interesting to me because we have automated this process so much to where like you, you put in a prompt, you can tell it and what person's like tone of voice you want it to be written in so like you could say like i want to promote x brand in joe rogan's tone of voice and it'll write it as and it'll sound as if joe rogan was saying it on his podcast yeah. do you see any dangers in that people impersonation right i mean maybe counts this is like surface level stuff like imagine when you include like quantum computing like the powerful computing into this stuff when you could have like ai like i don't know right crazy amounts of code to build i don't know other ais other ais like ai making other ais that are like yeah crazy yeah we relate what you just said with um um ai being able to replicate somebody else's um what do you call it like voice yeah, yeah yeah persona tone of voice those ideas um and then you couple it with let's say like um the twitter the new twitter feature twitter blue where anybody can be verified, mm -hmm. right? You can see how um, a lot of misinformation can be spread in the future, because this is like, you can seemingly just completely replicate somebody else's persona, like you said, on you know social media or any digital platform. And yeah. then who, who's gonna know the difference between what's- And who's gonna take accountability for it then? Right. The the is it the media platform or is it, yeah. I don't know who would it rely on? Well, tricky, well, going back a little bit. This is but... where it gets tricky. If AI is creating other AI. Oh, right. Like, yeah. yeah. This goes on a giant, giant rabbit hole. Yeah. 
that they haven't figured out yet. So. All right, so with all these ideas of misinformation and disinformation, um, there has to be some way we can combat this. Um, and probably the biggest way is through media literacy. So it's this idea of misinformation is probably never going to go away. There's probably no way of solving it completely. So um, our best bet is to, you know, learn how to navigate to see if, um, you know, truth and lies. And media literacy is probably the biggest, the best way to do that. And what that basically is, is just educating ourselves how to correctly use um, social media and sources we find online and just, um, you know, not taking things at face value, like we said earlier, and yeah. possibly well, cross-referencing it with other other company or yeah. other articles. Yeah, but you, like going off of that, sorry, you go. Oh, okay, I can go, but do you think that some should, that should be taught in school? Yes, absolutely. And it is. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah. It, the, it's, a, it's being taught at like the most surface level, though, and not yeah. in all states either. Like growing up, I didn't have, no one taught me about media literacy. I right. kind of just. Well, it wasn't really an issue back Yeah. Then. Now it is. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a relative. Yeah, but even now in elementary school, school, you don't, this is not one of the courses. They're like learning history. We just like go on Google and just click whatever article we find like that pops up first on like the yeah. search bar. I think the closest thing yeah. to media literacy I got in school was like, you ever take that library class and they show you sources and stuff? I remember like, like the database. Her teaching me like if it ends in like .org, it's real. Or like, <laughs> yes. if it's .com, it's not real. Like, yeah. I would check it again. Stuff like that. Like, yeah. that's the extent they go to. But Excuse I feel me. like they should pass, like, a bill or something. I don't know, in the house. So, like, yeah, the internet things. was so fresh back then that the idea of, I mean, we did have an idea that there was some, not everything online was true, but now it's yeah, just. My, my, my parents were always telling me, don't believe everything you read online. Right. And, now, and now they're the ones that Believing. are sending me these yeah. articles about stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's interesting. And I click on it and it's like from this random website. I'm like, that's not real. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it used to be, um, yeah, don't believe everything you learn or you read online. But and um, we know that and we'd still, you know, believe everything we see online to a certain extent. Now it's it's just dominate our headspace is dominated on deciphering whether or not something is real or not yeah. so i think it's just it's just become such an issue and so i i feel like like the easiest way to relate it to is like you know the the innocent until proven guilty idea right that we have in the court system anything we read online is true until proven untrue yeah right like i, I could read a post that like elton john died tomorrow and i'll believe it until i could see something that tells me otherwise or proves that he's actually not dead. So yeah, but I feel really like this might be the cause of our own downfall too. Like important topics like climate change and all that. Like we've all heard stuff about that. Some people yeah. don't believe it's real, but like when it does become more serious, like I've learned stuff in this class that I didn't even know was happening. Like, <laughs> like the the, rising yeah, I didn't know that was happening. Like I knew there was a crazy temperature change happening, but I didn't know to what extent. Like he made me consider like, is Florida going to be habitable in like in a couple of years? Because like, you know what I mean? Stuff you would never know. And it's not out there. People don't know that. Like I told my mom, she was like, what are you talking about? Like Fox News didn't talk about it. So it's not real. <laughs> like, and also just like piggybacking off that, like a lot of like what how to believe what's real or not, especially with like, I feel like it's also with the older generation as well, because my mom always sends me screenshots of like phishing emails, <laughs> think she won like an iPhone or whatever. It was like, yeah, mom, like, who's going to send you like and, and you can just tell like the layout of the email it looks fishy. Yeah. And it's not 
someone someone sending you an iPhone. So yeah, like click on this button and you get a hundred dollar yeah. gift card, stuff yeah. like that. Well, we we can easily distinguish that the you know the whatever you call it the phishing aspect mm -hmm. of it because we grew up you know yeah, on exactly. the internet. I mean, can, exactly. Can all of us though? Wasn't Carlton saying something last time we met about how? At his job, he accidentally clicked on. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, like a cybersecurity team at my internship. So I got an email. It looked like legit. It was something about some banking issue. When I clicked it, how they get you? Um, I, I didn't read it thoroughly enough, and I got assigned to a cybersecurity, uh, like course, and it was mandatory. And if I didn't finish it, I'd get they're gonna email my manager. See, that's scary. That's when <laughs> it's gonna be more like real. Yeah. So I yeah. guess. Just little things like that, being able to detect, like, I guess also along with media literacy, like maybe just basic cybersecurity training, like, don't give your info to random strangers. Oh. Yeah, it's especially with like all of our lives moving online, right? Like, there's a reason why a majority of the country doesn't read newspapers anymore. There's a reason why most people don't get their information from like a newscast, they get it from social media now because our lives are switching from more of a physical to more of a digital space now. Right. So we kind of need that training, especially for like younger people, because they're a lot more impressionable. Yeah. It's very important to understand what is dangerous and what's not. Yeah, I feel like when we were our generation, though, we were born when it was still like, it switching. Still, like that yeah. makes sense. Like my so I have a cousin, she's like five years old, like by the time she's our age, like she's not going to know what a newspaper even is yeah. like she's exactly. gonna be like reading off a piece of paper like what yeah, is that like, like the whole like ipad kid generation oh my god my yeah, my it's... cousin literally does not like even school we were talking about class like they don't learn how to like, really write in class anymore they just type everything yeah they have like, like the chromebooks and they yeah they don't they don't write yeah they don't I, have pencils anymore <laughs> i don't know like i remember a couple of years back they like at least at the school my sister was at they stopped teaching cursive and they started teaching it again because they realized it's kind of important for people to know how to sign their own signature. My cousin did. But then again, you could right, just so. do it on like you like you could put a cursive font and then just like <laughs> use it for the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, I guess do you think like writing, like just like calligraphy and everything is like that's like 10, 15 years later, people are still gonna be you think pens and pencils are still gonna be a thing? No, because even in I don't remember the last time I really wrote something on a piece of paper. I, I mean, all I, my notes all I, I think in it's just going to be digital pens and pencils. Yeah. Like the iPad, the iPencil. Yeah. Apple Pencil. Yeah, the Apple Pencil. Yeah. And, every, and every time you go up to a counter at a store, it's going to be like, they're going to give you the digital receipt. You have to sign at the bottom. Mm. For sure. Yeah, it's an interesting world we live in now. Uh, speaking of interesting worlds, though, uh, going into the future of social media and stuff, like, where where do you see that going like like do you think a traditional media source that we have now like twitter and instagram you think another one could come along or do you think it would have to sort of try and breach a new medium you never know i think yeah tw i think we've known twitter facebook instagram i feel like TikTok's still like kind of new yeah. i don't i mean like i guess like the only uh like social media that i've heard of like that's gaining traction is be real but like other than that, I don't I haven't really like, heard of any new up and coming platforms to like yeah. share posting. I feel like they have so much power in that space too. I don't know how another platform. Yeah, it's like a monopoly. Can... Yeah. Well, exactly. I think I think with Elon's acquisition, it definitely opens up um, the opportunity for another company like Twitter to come into play. 
because we were seeing, especially on the app itself, um, just how the backlash he's facing and just how divided um, this issue has become too. So I think we can definitely see um, like a newer platform that maybe strives for um, more, um, I guess, regulation over what the platform is saying, if that makes sense. So before I go into what I was going to talk about, do you guys think that like the backlash against Elon purchasing Twitter is justified or do you think it's just because it's Elon? I think people just don't. We either I like think him a or you little don't, bit of both. You know, like people, people don't like his character. Like people think he's yeah. like all like narcissistic. Like all. I mean, he kind of is, but <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think um people are, are mostly concerned with what do you call it? The verification system. I think that's the biggest issue. Um, because they think that oh, now that people anybody has the ability to pay eight dollars and get the check mark, mm-hmm. they think yeah, that right. oh. What's what's to believe? Like, who are they going to believe now? Like, any everybody, any like idiot with a Twitter handle can, you know, become a verified notable person, right? And I I think that definitely needs to be addressed by Twitter itself. Like, they, I think the other day they canceled their Twitter Blue program, at least for right now. They suspended it because of all the problems that they're having with it. But there needs to be some sort of regulation system before you pay the $8 so that you can prove who you are, right? Either through like biometric data, like a face scan or something, just so that way, like they know that you're not just some random person making a fake account to impersonate someone else just because you think it's fun. Yeah. I think that's what Elon's trying to allow more. Just people being like stupid. I think any. I think the whole point of the Twitter Blue is that anybody can become verified. And of course, there are stipulations to that where you can't you can't um, try to emulate somebody else unless you you know specify that's a parody account. Mm-hmm. So I think um, Twitter wants to not make Twitter more convoluted, if that makes sense. He wants to essentially he wants to to be the the free you know anybody can say anything they want. He wants it to be that platform. Yeah. I get the idea with it, yeah. but it's just how it do just you needs to be like within reason. Yeah, right. there's I... always limitations to everything. So right. He needs to put a limit to it somehow. Because if like you just say anyone can say anything, like the amount of hate speech that would be on that well, platform. Yeah, hate speech was yeah, like, there, there, there is like a I don't know if it was a 4chan thread, but there was there was a bunch of people that like invaded Twitter the day after Elon Musk's acquisition went through and he officially was like the new CEO of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they just started saying the most racist, yeah. out, like, outlandish, disgusting things on the platform. People like that. And they, like, they all, all those accounts ended up getting banned with good reason. But that flood of people led to all of these articles saying that, oh, there's a lot of people now that are saying racial slurs and are just being disgusting people on Twitter because Elon purchased the platform. And, like, almost trying to blame Elon Musk for those people being on the platform so much so that the next day he had to like address it saying that like they're not going to allow people to be on twitter and just blatantly grossly attack people without reason and say disgusting things yeah wait what was that thing we talked about in class it was like if an event happened like a first effect second effect what was that called you don't talk about 
Signals? No. <laughs> First one and second. Yeah, it was like he had a class and he was like, if this event happened, like what would be the first order effect of that event happening in the second order effect? Right. Because I feel like that's kind of what's happening with Elon. Like it's a yeah. secondary effect because it's Elon Musk. That's why they want to make it a point. But. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's just because he's he's made himself out to be this like meme lord kind yeah. of persona mm -hmm. that people think like he's like the people on 4chan yeah who are I feel like a, if another, white supremacists if another person like were to purchase twitter instead of him that probably would not have happened oh definitely that's what i'm saying so it's like yeah like if jeff bezos bought twitter <laughs> <laughs> he could be like commercialized even more because he's about his money like no, of course oh yeah i mean the, the, the twitter blue thing definitely would have happened but you also yeah. probably would have had to pay like two dollars a month just to use the platform <laughs> yeah I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting situation. Okay, uh, that wraps up the DTNL podcast, the first episode. Uh, we hope to see you guys again. Uh, thank you for watching and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, let's hope.